It's also fragile. Ready to go? Yes. You guys go to back there? Okay. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yes. Hey, listener. It's me, Mark Hershon, the host and executive producer for Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. We're going to get into the show we recorded live this past weekend at the 17th Annual San Francisco Sketch Fest in just a moment. This is Epi 162, and it's going to be the last installment of Succotash for a while or maybe forever. We're going to take this break or hiatus or vacation or holiday or whatever you want to call it, just a few months shy of our seventh anniversary in Soundcast land. And whether you're a longtime listener or you just found us, I want to thank you for listening and supporting Succotash. When I started doing this show with my producer Joe Polino in his Studio P, the home of the hit, here in Sausalito, California, I really didn't think about it lasting for any particular length of time. My original concept was to create a comedy soundcast that would serve to promote other people's comedy shows and to spread the word about the amazing entertainment value of soundcasts in general. I think we succeeded. When we started, barely 15% of Americans had even heard of soundcasts, or podcasts as they used to be known, let alone regularly downloaded and listened to them. And there were about 50,000 shows out there at the time. Now the number of regular listeners is over 40%, and there are more than 300,000 soundcasts available featuring every genre you could think of. Comedy soundcasts and networks carrying them have proliferated so fast that we kind of can't keep up by sampling the 8 or 10 we could do in each show. And I've had more and more people asking me if featuring these shows without explicit permission is even legal. Frankly, I don't know. Since we're not profiting by the content, we've never had any sponsor besides Henderson's Pants, and they don't ever pay us, We're more like an entertainment news program, which, at least in my scanty understanding of the law, would constitute fair use. So we're going to wind things down for a bit. I may bring Succotash back as it has been, or with some minor changes in a bit. I may release some special episodes from time to time, which would likely be interviews with comics or soundcasters or actors or what have you. And I'm definitely cooking up some new soundcast ideas. I'll still be reviewing shows for Splitsider.com, and I will likely get back to doing my reviews for HuffPost as well. And if you want to reach out to me for any reason, I'm still around. The M-A-R-C, Mark, at SuccotashShow.com email will still go through, and our site will stay up as well. Just don't expect to be bombarded with the number of tweets we normally put out every week. Thanks again for listening. I've enjoyed doing this show for the past seven years, and I've loved getting to interact with you on whatever basis that's been, even if you've only ever listened and we have not exchanged a single word. Stay tuned after the end of the live show as I have one final cavalcade of gratitude where I thank some recent retweeters, as well as some folks who've been around supporting this show for a lot of our run. All right, let's get on with the show recorded live at SF Sketchfest 2018. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Haywatt here, welcoming you to San Francisco Sketch Fest 17, the 262nd and perhaps final episode of Succotash. The comedy soundcast soundcast had its coming to you live from Piano Fight, San Francisco's premier indie entertainment venue. Joining us on stage and in your ears today are guests Matt Weinhold and Mark Hitta. Yes, and now here is your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, the podfather himself, Mark Hershon. Yes, thank Take it away, you. Mark. Thank you. I am yes. Mark Hershon. Hey, man. Another hand for Bill Haywatt. The hardest working announcer on Succotash. Yes, that's me, baby. Way to go. Um, welcome. Welcome to our second ever live Sketchfest presentation. We're happy to be here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. By your applause, how many people are familiar with Succotash, the comedy? So just our friends. Thank you. Uh, well, for the last seven years, Succotash has been on. Uh, we are the comedy soundcast, soundcast, soundcast being my, my own personal attempt to try and change the word podcast to soundcast. It has been largely 
unsuccessful. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, what we've mainly done is uh, promoted other people's comedy podcasts or soundcasts. So we played clips from them. We have them on as guests. And in the early going, it was just a way to try and promote podcasts in general. It was not, not that many people knew about it, not that many people listened to it. You were on the bleeding edge. I was on the bleeding edge. Yes. And uh, I, uh, I review podcasts for Splitsider.com and for Huffington Post. International, international podcasts. International podcasts yes, uh, from South place. Africa, yes, from yeah. England, from Australia, Australia. Uh, Great from Peru. We've, we've reviewed from all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and we're happy to be here. We're glad that uh, Sketchfest would like us to come back. We're here. Have some great guests for you uh, that uh, have come in at no expense to, to me, but uh, to themselves, which is uh, fantastic. And uh, we're just going to sit around and talk about kind of their shows. We're going to talk about comedy. We're going to talk about where podcasting is today. We'll take some questions from you, the audience. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a commercial from our long-running sponsor, Henderson's Pants. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, we also have a Burst O' Durst from comedian Will Durst, a regular segment on our show. Will Durst wanted to be here today, but he's vacationing in Hawaii, so he said, fuck you. Uh, but we do. We do. It's have good that he had the opportunity to say "fuck you." Exactly. Considering current considering events. The, yeah, the alert, the missile alert. My goodness. But, uh, he's okay. Will Durst is okay, Whoa. and we have uh, him pre-recorded, so we'll have that. Uh, Bill, you wanted to uh, to talk about a little something. Bill's career is. I want to say spotty, but maybe that's well, the wrong word. Well, I've been word. around forever. You know, I, I was assistant booth announcer at any number of radio stations throughout the United States. I wanted to tell you, I, we had a, a reunion in St. George, Utah. I used to be the assistant booth announcer in WJSJG. And we had a reunion, and I was staying at a place like a La Quinta or something. And St. George is unique in that it is downwind from where they used to test nuclear bombs. And it was where they filmed the John Wayne movie, The Conqueror, in around 1953. And they say like like 50% of the people who worked on that movie died of cancer because it was like the, the, the they didn't know from the that those, those, those fallout clouds would go over there. Well, anyway, I was, I was staying at this place. And I heard this very strange sound. It was like... And I thought, what the hell is this? And I realized there are radioactive frogs that take over, that take over St. George, Utah, and they, and they go out there, and, and, and they take over the backyard. I looked out the backyard of where we were staying, and there were frogs on top of frogs on top of frogs. And I, I want to play you the sounds of the frogs in St. George, Utah. Now this is a very subtle mating dance. What we hear, we hear the female frogs going me 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 and the male frogs, the big daddy frogs are going yeah. 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 Now listen to this. This is what's going on here. Me 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 me. So anyway, that's, I just wanted to share that. It's like, there's, I mean, and things are what's going on in these days is with, with, with men and women in the workplace. I think, you know, there's lessons to be learned from the animal kingdom. Women go, me, 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 me. And guys go, yeah, yeah. So that's what I wanted to share. This is amazing experience that we had in St. George, Utah with the radioactive frogs Bill, in you my don't, backyard. you don't get out a lot, do you? You're right. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What? I think we should bring up our first guest. Oh, How yes, well. That? Let's bring up our first guest. He's, uh, come Our up. first guest, I'll tell you about yes, him. Yes, please All do. Right, okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest started out as a native San Francisco comedian in the early 1980s, but he's gone on to a great many things, including writing and doing voices for MTV's Super Adventure Team. And he is one of the hosts of the popular Monster Party Soundcast, and he's made the trip up from Los Angeles to be with all of you here today. So please welcome past guest and friend of the show, Matt Weinhold. Come on up, Matt. Yeah. Ah, all right. And there's the Monster Party theme from your show. That is the Monster Party theme. So uh, Available after the show on a very so, short CD. 
So for those of you unfamiliar with, uh, first of all, welcome. Thank Matt. you. Thank you for being so up thank here. Thank you for inviting me to the Tenderloin. Uh, <laughs> I, I have missed it so. Uh, Matt and I, uh, our association goes way, way back to the early 80s. Oh, my God, I yeah. Think. Yeah? Yeah, you were like one of the first people to ever book me as a stand-up. That's right. Been regretting it ever since. I have been. And so have you. We've both, I, both yes, been regretting it's been it. been a lot horribly. of bad decisions in the 80s. Absolutely. But uh, uh, tell us a little bit about Monster Party. It's, uh, it's a unique podcast in, in some ways. Monster Party, its origin was, so I have these three friends who are good, just great hardcore nerds, uh, especially like horror and sci-fi movies. And so we would go to Comic-Con every year, and we enjoy the, the con and the dealer's room and everything and watching everybody in costumes, but we found that the part that we really enjoyed was getting together after in our hotel rooms, and we would just get together and we'd have drinks, and we'd argue about things that people really shouldn't be arguing about, like fast and slow zombies and Star Trek versus Star Wars. And, and, it's a, and, and, and voices got loud and there was shouting and it was lovely. It was wonderful. And I look forward to it every year. And um, so, yeah. So to cut to the chase, we decided at one point, hey, let's make this into a podcast. And so that's what it is. It's, and so what it is is we start off the show we have a bunch of cocktails. We usually have a guest. And if you look at uh, the flyers on your tables there, all kinds of guests from various um, uh, sci-fi shows and movies. People like Denise Crosby from The Next Generation and Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator. Comics, lots of comics from my years in comedy. Greg Proops, uh, Dana Gould, and uh, Mark Hershon. Yes, yes, and our, our, another of our guests. Actually, uh, our other two well, guests. Well, I didn't want to yeah. jump the intro, no, that's a, that's but, uh, okay. but that's yes, our, uh, Mark Pitta. Yes. Uh, friend, friend of the show. Yes. And, uh, and both of you got, and now you've only done it once. Yes. Uh, we got to get you back. I'd like We got to make that sure. happen. Absolutely. But yeah, well, that's what we do. We just drink and we get drunk and we argue about f- movies. And, uh, and if you like horror and sci fi movies, I think you'd find it entertaining because. We're real nerds. This is not any kind of posing. This is not Kevin Smith and his comic book show. These are real hardcore dorks. Spittle hitting each other's faces as we argue about things that we don't agree about. And, uh, but between all of us, we've seen a lot of movies. So one of the reasons I would suggest to listen is that if you want to turn yourself on to a bunch of new films, old and new, um, yeah, listen in, because we're always dropping, like, hey, did you see this one? And we have, uh, uh, the cast is myself, uh, a guy named Larry Stroth, James Gonis, and Sean Sheridan. And Sean has a, a unique quality, because he is an encyclopedia of every... Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's astounding it's weird. what he knows. It's really it's weird. weird. Like, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll pull out these movies, and I go, that doesn't exist. And he'll describe it, and I'm like, no, you're just making that up. And then, yeah, it does exist. There's one called The Psychopath that he turned me on not long ago about it's a serial killer movie, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's, he's a children's show host who doesn't <laughs> like the way children are treated, so he ends up going out and killing their parents and anybody who's mean to them. <laughs> and I went, and as soon as he told me this, I was like, well, that's got to be the greatest movie ever. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> But it is worth a, a viewing. Yeah, it's your your idea that people should listen to get ideas for movies to watch is great. Because when I was on the show, I go, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a movie nerd. I know a lot of these films. <laughs> but these guys just outpaced me. It was like, you're just barely <laughs> hanging on for your life. And they're just, what are they talking about now? I have no idea. And it, it really opens your eyes, too, to just, Jesus, how many movies have been made. And, and you know, we also tend to enjoy the ones that are... Maybe not quite so good, but have a certain charm to them. You know, movies like The Green Slime. Check it out. Wikipedia. It. Um, <laughs> what about Day of the Triffids? Day of the See now, Day of the Triffids. I would argue that's a good movie. I thought it was. I yeah, mean, I, I enjoyed that. No, and the the Triffids now. The Day of the Triffids is about these uh, carnivorous plants. That and everybody's up, blind. Yeah, there's a meteor shower that makes everybody blind. And at the same time, mankind has been cultivating these carnivorous plants. But then now, because everyone's blind, they go on the rampage and they like shoot 
acid at people, and it's just, I mean, and, and there's a 60s version of it. There was a, I think, a miniseries done in England in the, uh, in the 80s. There's a, another feature film, and they're all pretty good because they always do the plants just right. But I have a special fondness for the 60s where it's like, okay, there's going to be no CGI. We're going to have to get some paper mache and some chicken <laughs> wire and put a guy inside this thing, and you are now a killer plant. Uh, pick up your paycheck at the end of the day. Be the plant. Yeah, be, no, yeah, inhabit the plant. Now, Bill had a question for you we asked earlier. I thought it would be fascinating for you to re-ask him about Please. What? About his fa- what his favorite monster Well, movie. I was curious, what's your favorite monster movie? I'm a big fan of Ray Dennis Steckler. And, uh, oh. you know, so anything you could tell me about... Was uh, it the Ray mixed-up zombies who... Incredibly, incredibly strange creatures who stopped living... Living and became, became mixed-up mixed zombies. Up. Yes. That's <laughs> the Those one. guys, yes. Wow, yeah. Anything you can tell me about Ray Dennis Steckler... Now, that that's... Would be now, my, if Sean were here, that would be his... Because okay. he goes... He go, like, those movies are kind of hard for me to watch. Cause, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you know, when it comes to monsters, like, favorite monsters... I mean, I do, as you'll see on the flyer. Who are your favorite monsters? I do love Godzilla, and I have to recommend a movie that if you haven't seen it now, you know that there was a recent American Godzilla movie, uh, which, you know, with Bryan Cranston, and Godzilla's great, but the movie pretty much blows. Uh, There is a Japanese version called Shin Godzilla, which is so good, and it is the most recent Godzilla movie, and Godzilla looks very different. He's huge, very tall, and the movie is basically a satire on bureaucracy, especially Japanese bureaucracy. The movie really is more about the human response to Godzilla. So, like, Godzilla comes up on the shore and then just stops, and so you cut to a boardroom where everyone's arguing about, well, who's... Which department is going to deal with this? And and every single scene, it's a different, you know, every time he um, hurts somebody in the city and they try to send the military after him, they've got to worry about collateral damage and how it's going to reflect on the prime minister. <laughs> and it's wonderful. And you can almost play a drinking game of how many times they go to a different boardroom to discuss the Godzilla crisis. But uh, I think that has now been released on DVD, so... Um, if you haven't seen this movie, check it out. It's it's really good, and it's a nice little blend of a Godzilla movie, a horror movie, and um, uh, bureaucratic satire. Matt, uh, I want to no, know: is, uh, may I, I, is, yeah, is sure. there a go-to movie that you have that you've seen many, many times that you say, "Oh man, I'm in such a mood. I need to uplift myself. I'm going to go see uh, Repo Man, or I'm going to go see Halloween Three, or I'm going to..." Is there one that that always does it for you that you've seen many times? Well, there is one movie that I like to play around Christmas. It's called The Brood. The Brood. And it's a David Cronenberg movie, the man who brought you Scanners and The Fly and Dead Ringers and The Dead Zone. And uh, this is a movie about... So there is a certain... uh, A new school of psychiatric um, therapy called Psychoplasmics. And Oliver Reed teaches that. So right off the bat, you know that it's not going to go well because Oliver Reed is teaching it. And it's... uh, Dead giveaway. Yeah, right, right there. But so Oliver Reed, his, his theory is that what he can do is he can make people, he can make whatever they're going through, their emotional turmoil, he can manifest it through his therapy. So it actually shows up physically on them. So a guy is discussing his horrible family life and it, he starts to break out in these boils. But then as soon as the therapy is done, they go back in again. And so... So right off the bat, you're like, this movie's bonkers. <laughs> then what you find out is there's a guy who ha- has an estranged wife, and they have a kid, and the wife has been taking the psychoplasmics thing, and she's really angry about the divorce. And so her anger now manifests itself by she grows a sack on her stomach, <laughs> that produces these little blonde-haired troglodyte boys <laughs> and a, n- a number of them. And they, they dress them up in, like, these little onesies and they have these thick foreheads. And whenever she gets mad, they murder. 
<laughs> and this and, is your favorite Christmas. And movie. this is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. not Christmas, really, without no. the bird. Wow, <laughs> that's Thank fantastic. You. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, let's uh, maybe. Maybe it's time for us to uh, bring us a commercial from our, our sponsor, oh, uh, Henderson's right. Pants, and then we'll bring our next guest up and continue the conversation. Um, are you ready? Of course. Treasured friends, Bill Haywatt here. Remember that old adage, if you want to understand someone, walk a mile in their shoes? Well, Henderson's Pants, proud sponsor of Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, suggests that if you truly wish to know where someone is coming from, you're better off strolling a mile in their pants. Which is why we are announcing the brand new hashtag MeToo trousers, the first patented ladies' pants for men. Created by the justifiably pissed-off female designers at Henderson's, these sturdy slacks will stand up to the most inappropriate sexist treatment and patriarchal, judgmental, dominant paradigm attitudes of your co-workers. Tailored to make the male physique as flattering as possible, hashtag MeToo trousers are designed to grab a man in all the wrong places, forcing you to bend over a desk with ease and luxuriate in the extra padding over the knees for that last-minute job interview. And they'll never fail to draw catcalls and wolf whistles as you attempt to make your way past construction sites, casting couches, and the Senate offices in Washington, D.C. Originally designed for Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, and Judge Roy Moore, and too many others to be named here, Henderson's hashtag MeToo trousers, which already cost 27% less than the usual men's pants for men, are now available with a limited two-for-one offer from Gropon. That's the hashtag MeToo trousers from Henderson's, makers of fine knee pants and knickers since 1492, and now back to Mark Hershon and Succotash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Thank you very much. Yay, Henderson's pants. Yay, pants. <laughs> pants are awesome. I'm all for pants. Are you ready to? I'm a big uh, pants fan. Are you ready to introduce our next guest? Well, if you would like to bring him out here, I will. I will help you. Please do so. Hey, folks. All right then. So, you know, our next guest is one of the first guests that we ever had on Succotash seven years ago in episode five. He's another Bay Area native, and like our first guest, he too started doing stand-up in the early 80s. And in addition to being a guest on talk shows, including The Tonight Show with both Johnny Carson and Jay Leno, he shot, you know, he shot a pilot for NBC. He's hosted Mark Pitta and Friends for over a decade at the Throckmorton Theater in Middle Valley, and he drove here all the way across the Golden Gate Bridge to be with us <laughs> at tremendous personal expense and risk. Please welcome Mark Pitta! Thank you for I being here. I can't tell here. if this is my draw or Matt's draw. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Succotash magic. How many people here <laughs> for Matt Weinhold? <laughs> Perfect. How many people here for me? <laughs> All right, now Succotash. How many people are here for Succotash? How many people for uh, How many people are here for Bill Haywatt, the real star of the yeah. show? Yeah. There Woo. we go. I love right, you people, all. I love you I, all. I think I need to leave. How many people? Is my mic? How many people here are court appointed? <laughs> Doing a podcast is kind of like jury duty. You end up on one at least once a year. <laughs> and the response we've been getting from the audience is kind of like when I do it in my car. It's exactly the same. I do love the brood. The brood oh, is awesome, isn't brood it? Brood fan. It, brood okay. is very good. You got to see the brood. I'm telling you. Do you watch it at Christmas time? Uh, no, I watch it on my birthday and uh, on Matt's birthday. <laughs> Matt, I thought Centipede was your go-to movie. Well, I do enjoy The Human Centipede, and that has made me quite a few enemies, actually. <laughs> there were some sequels to The Human Centipede. I have not right? seen the sequels because they have to be garbage. But they the just, first the Centipede, Human Centipede gets longer and longer. Gold. Yeah, gold. no, I, that's ridiculous. But sewing three people together, that can happen. And it's uh, ass to mouth. And um, ATM. <laughs> Enjoy your entrees. Uh, when everyone. I did my podcast, I never used terms like that. <laughs> you know, right. Mark, I did a podcast way before Jerry Seinfeld did Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. That's right. Because I would always drive comedians back to their, their airport after a Tuesday gig at the Throckmorton, and uh, I start, he stole it from me. You'd record them in the car. Yeah, he yeah. stole it from me. And... Uh, I'm here to uh, 
Litigate? Yep, get your title back. I'm going to, I'm upset. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, don't. Well, we're here, um, we're here for you. Is, you say this is live. It's live because there are people here, but is it live? Is it live like it? going out right now? Let's like say yes. Okay. Right. Let's just right. say yes. All right. It's theater, there's so it's a like, theater of the mind. There's nothing like. It's what you want it to be. There's nothing like being in front of people who are looking at their phones, right, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> that's the most exciting thing that's done to our business is people looking at their phones. They're, they're looking yeah. up your resumes, guys. Yeah, they're, they're looking up else. the brood. Yes. <laughs> As they should. Some of them are watching the brood on their phones. Yeah. I just want to say one more thing about the human centipede now that you <laughs> open this up. But, okay, you know, the human centipede is truly the best movie about a human centipede <laughs> that you will ever see. That I concur. It really, I I'm agree. telling you. I, I think we all agree. If, you know, you're thinking, okay, a hum- sewing people together ass to mouth. At is its it core, tasteful? it's a love yes. story. At its core, it's a love At story. At its core, how could it not be a love story? <laughs> really? You know, it's, it's people, about, it's about people coming together, really. Some people are eating. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some people are eating things that look like the human centipede. Oh, okay. Look at your macaroni and cheese. Hey, wait a minute. What if we opened like a hot dog shop <laughs> and we sew three different hot dogs together? Mm. The, and you, it's half off if you dress like the kids in the brood. <laughs> like little Teletubbies. <laughs> They look like Teletubbies. I think now, we one, got something here. Now, one of the reasons I was, I was glad that Mark was available as well as Matt was because Mark has actually done Matt's show a couple of times. Yes. Like, I think, what, three times? Two times. Twice. Twice. And uh, so he's joined in the drunken revelry. Yeah. Oh, one of our favorite wow. guests, And Mark actually, knows, but of course. Mark uh, knows just as much about movies as Sean Sheridan, I think. Yeah. No, let me say something about Monster Party if you haven't listened to it. You, you'll be amazed that these guys aren't on their computer. They use their brains to come up with actors and scenario, and you're amazing that you don't have to Google anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of time growing up alone <laughs> uh, made all this happen for me. So, yeah. Were you an Top only child? Were you an only child, man? I might as well have been. <laughs> I see. My welcome, I, welcome back to Family Issues. Uh, <laughs> a new succotash. I feel like I can trust you people. Off. I so. knew I would come up with a new format while I was here tonight. That's fantastic. Let's talk about you, Matt. Let's my 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 brother is seven years older than me. My sister is nine years older. So obviously we know what happened. But they were so they were all out. My you know when when I was growing up, they were all. My brother was you know smoking the ganja and. Doing the goofballs and yeah, and, Matt, and my how, sister was married. And how did that make you feel? Um, <laughs> kind of like an angry little blonde troglodyte boy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I would walk so, around. I would, after seeing the brood, it kind of showed me what to do. Yeah, I would just come at my parents in the middle of the night, wearing a blonde wig and a onesie. Can I say something about Oliver Reed that I actually have a connection with Oliver Reed? Oh. When I was uh, in high school, they were shooting burnt offerings at the Dunsmere house in Oakland. And that's the house they used as the haunted house. Have you guys seen oh, burnt offerings? We Anyone? Just, we Did just heard the tenderloin. <laughs> <laughs> there was a murder. The, sh- we just, we just the shrieks murder. of the tenderloin live. Look, on you don't Sarkatan. need horror films. We have real horror right there. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the corner of crack and horror. Okay. Uh, they were shooting a scene, and being a novice uh, movie on the set kind of person, I was in high school, I got closer and closer to the action. They were filming on the porch. It was Karen Black and yes. Oliver Reed and Betty Davis. Wow. And I was this I got closer and closer, and then Oliver Reed calls the director over, and all of a sudden the director goes, okay, everybody move back. So he blamed me because he, <laughs> he, he couldn't remember his lines. And he blamed me because they said I was, I was in his eye line. Then I read the autobiography of Oliver Reed, and they said when he couldn't remember his lines, he would blame somebody that was in his <laughs> eye line. So I'm actually in the book as wow. the guy who... The guy who got so is that yeah. Christian Bale as well? No, no, no. no. Did he? It was before all that, but, wow. uh, but it was interesting that, to, to see a movie that close. And You've been a and, uh, close enough to smell the booze on his breath? It was Guinness. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Oliver Reed was quite the drinker. He died in a bar. A is pub. that right? He died in a pub, really? yeah. 
It's kind of the equivalent of Dick Sean dying on stage. <laughs> doing what he like. Doing he what that's he how I want to go out. Dick Sean did topic. what he loved. Yeah. <laughs> how do you want to go out? That's a good topic. <laughs> so, Mark, you've you've also been a huge movie fan, but not just sort of on the sci-fi monster thing. You're no. like across the board. You've got like. I am across the board. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Your go-to film? Slapshot. <laughs> really? That's a great movie. Yeah. I, I, love I can't. Yeah. I always That's get surprised by the humor in it that I forgot some of the jokes. But my favorite line you can't say anymore because it's not PC. Mm. When the Hanson brothers show up, the guys with the glasses, and Paul Newman says to Strother Martin, they're fucking retards. <laughs> they brought their fucking toys with them. I just love Paul Newman swearing. It was just hysterical to me. That's a great movie. I love that she movie. You can't say retard anymore. Uh, you know, a favorite comedy of mine along, uh, around that same time? Yeah. Uh, the Longest Yard, the original yes. Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yes. Is one of those movies. George Kennedy, so great. Crew. Yeah. I could, it's one of those movies where it's on, I have to watch it. Like, now, yeah. of course, I, yeah. I worked with George Kennedy. Did you really? I did, in a little movie that I wrote for the Hallmark Channel called Monster Makers. Is that right? Yes, and George Kennedy played this old director of monster movies from the 50s. And uh, tell us about uh, he was Monster one of, Maker. About Monster Makers? Yeah. I hate oh, to yes. tell you this, guys, but George Kennedy wasn't in The Longest Yard. What? No, he was in Cool Hand he, Luke. He was in Cool Hand Luke. Oh, you're getting oh, that wow. mixed up. Should, we, another should we start movie. the show over? Okay, yeah. let's start from the beginning. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about George Kennedy, so I figured that would be the best way. Uh, there, were actors, there were actors in The Longest Yard. George Kennedy is an actor. Go. <laughs> One time I was in George Kennedy's eyeline. And <laughs> uh, uh, he was a great actor that passed away a couple years ago. He was in The Longest Yard. He was, Crew! Crew is also in Cujo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he always plays that oh, kind of heavy. Guy. I can't remember the guy's great name. Great guy, great guy. That's fantastic. Said if, if Sean were here. Now, let's, nowadays, let's like you him. saw The Shape of Water, you want a bad guy in a movie that you could, right away, oh. he's the bad guy? Michael Shannon. Oh, yeah. Face. Even when he's bad the good guy, guy, he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. yeah, you wait for him to snap, yeah. even when he's, you're rooting for him. Yeah. Uh, did you guys ever see the movie Bug? Yeah. It was the breakout film of Michael Shannon based on a play, and uh, it was, a, I think it's a Freakin film. Oh, okay. William Freakin, who did The Exorcist. When did he pulled hear? his fingers off, when he pulled his fingers off, I realized Spoiler alert. a tough bastard. I'm, I'm realizing now that is your real voice. Yes. I thought it was an effect, affectation. Peter, good to see you, man. Hey, man. <laughs> wow, it just changed. Hey, man. No, I, didn't, I thought it was a character, but that's your real voice. Well, it's a character in that this is a construct, you know. I mean, but, but I'm, I, am, I am real for this moment. He does exist. He occupies space in our universe. Yes. Or I'm, so we think. And I'm in his eyeline, quite frankly. <laughs> and I will write about you in my biography. <laughs> oh, by the way, thank you for that intro. He's done a pilot that failed. Good. <laughs> He's about to do a sizzle reel. Can we get lower? But that you've lower? done the pilot. But that you've done the pilot. I said no to Warren Littlefield to his face in a room full of yes men. Never do that. <laughs> what did he want you to do? Up. What did he want you to do, Mark? It was a, it was he wanted a black person in the show, and regardless of if they fit in the show or not, because they needed uh, demographics. Oh, yeah. You stood your ground. I stood my ground, and, and hey, look what day, I got. Yeah, how's that going? I'm on succotash <laughs> and the tenderloin. You say it like it's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. it's turned around. I have to say, what the tenderloin? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would, I'm, because I'm born and raised in San Francisco. I always wonder how you, it must be very hard to be a homeless person here because yeah. it's so expensive. Everything is so expensive. So even if you panhandle, yeah. like, what are you going to, like, what can you afford? Like, <laughs> that's true. Like Charleston Chew? And then, you know, what? Well, you come here for the weather, though. Ah. Right. <laughs> you come here for the weather. You can live in, you can be homeless in cheaper places, but you, it's much colder. <laughs> that is true, yeah. 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 How, well, you're, you're, <laughs> it's braced, you're bracingly alive. Brisk. My aunt used to say, it's brisk, Bill. It's brisk. Brisk. 
let me get back to sort of the roots of, of how I got to know you guys. Okay. I, you mentioned you guys were both getting your start here in San Francisco in stand-up comedy. Um, and you both still perform, right? I mean, Mark, Ish. I know you perform. And he does, really. I never stopped. I don't know that Matt gets out on Not too stage much, all no. that much. No. Um, but do you the see... The podcast is my performing. Do you watch where stand-up comedy is now? Because when, oh, God, when no. we were in it, it was like the, the sort of ramping up to the big boom. Of oh, no. Fuck the young. I think there's a lot of... Uh, you know, it's funny. When I go to a stand-up show in L.A., I'm, I'm amazed at how good everybody is for the most part. Because coming up, you know how it is. It's yeah, like, you yeah. know, there'd be the great ones, and then there'd be like, somebody is just uh, occupying this stage time until their, you know, appointment with their doctor <laughs> comes through, and then, and then they're gone. But, Matt, you also were an usher at, uh, what, the Curran Theater? Oh, that's right, yeah. I was, I was the backstore, I was the uh, backstage guy. And tell the story about meeting Jack Lemmon, if you will. Oh, yeah. I like that story. Yeah, uh, I, there was a play that he was doing with Estelle Parsons. And, and uh, Bonnie uh, and Clyde, right? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. People and know who Jack, Jack Lemon is? Anybody? Jack? Okay. <laughs> All right. Estelle Parsons fan? No. I didn't. Bonnie and Clyde won the Oscar Best Supporting Actress. Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. But uh, they were doing this play, and I guess the play wasn't very well reviewed. It wasn't that great of a play, but it's Jack Lemon. He's great. And, um, you know, I was an usher, and I'm cleaning up after the play, and he's walking out, and I Just say, you and him? It was just me and him. Wow. Yeah. He's walking out, and I'm there. And I go, uh, hey, I just wanted to tell you I really enjoyed the play. And he goes, oh, thanks. Uh, tell the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. I love that. Yeah. And most of the people, it was funny. You'd get a guy like that who was so down to earth. And then I, used, I also worked at the Golden Gate where they had The King and I with Yul Brenner. And with Yul Brenner, it was a whole different thing. Westworld, anybody? Okay. Westworld. Oh God, the original Westworld. The original. Is such a great movie. The original. The original yes. Westworld. With Yul Brenner. I've been shot. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> I've been shot. I've been shot. Yul Brenner, anyone? People know. How about that? Hey, hey. Just checking. You, I said you talk too much. <laughs> Mama's boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I'm just going to quote movies until you guys get upset. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, Brenner, you weren't supposed to look at him. Couldn't look at him. Ooh. And if he was walking towards you, you had to walk the other way. You had to wow. wait until he was walking, done walking through his area, wow. and then you could walk through it. Wow. And I'm just, it's just funny to me. Like, where do you, how does that happen to you in your life that you get to that place where I, heard the dressing, I don't want anyone walking near me? I always wanted the dressing room painted like brown or something. Is that was, right? Yeah, yeah, Because I, I went to a couple of different shows in theaters, comedy shows, and they'd be like these brown dressing rooms. I go, why? This seems so sort of dingy and weird. They said, yeah, Yul Brenner, Brenner wants that when he comes. Because he can't see dirt. If it's all brown, he doesn't see dirty things. It's all, everything's... I guarantee you, we are the only podcast talking about Yul Brenner right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Live on tape. Suck a Brenner. Is I love show business stories and meeting your peers and meeting your uh, heroes. Yeah, that's always a, a mixed bag. Yeah. Because anybody here in the room ever met like somebody they really admire and they disappointed you? Did they disappoint you? Who was it? Uh, Mark, who? Bitman. He's a food writer for the New York Times, and you Pittman. are his fan. I'm a fan of his, yes. Why, how do you, there's another chair here if you'd like to sit. Was he rude? He was very rude? Yeah. Oh, I got her up here. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yay! Yay! I'm, I'm opening Succotash up. Come on in. Clearly, this is non union. She didn't even know what the podcast was. Well, this is Succotash. Oh, sorry. This is your mic. Okay. Okay, so this is a, is a guy, a writer for a food mag. Does anyone here know Mark Bittman? Yeah. Mark Hello. Bittman? Anyone? Yes. No one? Just my friends? Less than Noah Stelgetti. That's interesting. Okay. Secret to comedy. No matter what they say, just continue. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Mark Bittman. Yes, he's very famous. He's written a lot of stories for the New York Times and books, and I... Saw him at Market Hall in Rockridge. Anyone been to Oakland in here? So, Rockridge, Rockridge. Nice. That's it. Harvey the Bay in Oakland. Har and I was waiting in line to 
talk with him and have him sign my book. And I said to him, <laughs> there anybody here from the East Coast and know what cavatelli is, frozen cavatelli? Nobody. Okay, so I said to him. See, now you know how we feel. Yeah, this is like, this is like Matt talking about centipede. <laughs> I said, you know, I love living in California and I love the Bay Area, but you can't get frozen cavatelli here. And he said, learn to live without it. Wow. That was advice. What is your, what is your name, please? What is your name? What is your name? Diane Hines. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Diane. Diane Hines. Wow. Diane. Diane, are you here because you thought Mark Pitta was Mark Pittman? Just, yeah. just curious. Pittman. Pittman. Yeah, she was gonna give you something. I thought so. <laughs> give you what for? <laughs> well, I thought when you when you met somebody that was your hero, I didn't know we were gonna get Pittman. Oh, there you go. See? <laughs> uh, I we're gonna get somebody we all know. Hey, how about Mike? Michael York. Yes. Yeah. Michael York. I, I Logan's love, run. Love Logan's Run. Sure. Big Michael York fan. Yeah. Three Musketeers and. Uh, so I, there's an uh, autograph show in Los Angeles, and I bring my Logan's Run poster to him, and he charges $30, but I don't care because I'm a dork. And I'm like, please sign this. Uh, but I didn't say it that way. <laughs> what I said was, uh, hi, Mr. York. I'm a big fan of your work, and I really appreciate you coming out here. And he, first of all, his signature, that he, how he signed it, if there was an, like a... A uh, hieroglyph for fuck off. <laughs> Emoticon yeah. that says, fuck you, Matt that's, Weinhold. Yeah, that's what it was. It was like, meh. <laughs> and and I, so I'm saying this. Yeah, I'm a big fan of your work, and I, you know, thank you so much for coming here. And he, he looks at me like I pissed on his shoe. Like, he just, <laughs> like, I, he looked up at me and just, like, if, if his eyes were a transporter that could make me just go away, <laughs> uh, he wished for that. But, yeah. And that's, you know, why? You know, look, it's not my fault that you're at an autograph show. I just paid you $30. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, and I'm gone. Like, I don't want to talk to you because I know that it's going to go badly if, it, if we keep talking. Because then I'll go, well, what about the outfits? And, you, you, you know, so he could have just said thanks, and I would have I hightailed it. Let's uh, let's bring hey, up. Hey, people actually... at the bar, we're trying to do a podcast here. Jesus, <laughs> are we interrupting your iPad? They can't even hear me. They're so into whatever they're glowing. It's, it's I glowing. like the fact we're that not you... glowing, <laughs> so you can't pay attention. Is that the deal? All right. Let's uh, on that note. Let's bring up uh, a third guest. Uh, uh, yeah, surprise. we got to share it. Yep. Okay. Surprise guest uh, came here with, with Matt, I believe, or came to meet uh, Matt. Yeah, we're friends. Friends. We we uh, travel well, in the same circles. Welcome, Josh we're, Gilliland. We're centipede brothers. Josh Gilliland, host of the Legal Geeks podcast. The Legal Geeks podcast. The Legal Geeks podcast. Josh. Josh Gilliland. Josh. Have a seat, Josh. Welcome to Succotash. Thank you for having me. We put the suck in Suckatash. Absolutely. Every week, suck more Suckatash. Josh, it's great to have you with us. Uh, I didn't know we'd have a, another guest, but we have an extra mic just in case. And here you are. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about what Legal Geeks is as a show? So the Legal Geeks is a blog and podcast where we discuss geek issues in the law. One of the first posts I did was Han Solo's legal justification to shoot first. <laughs> which was republished in Vulture. We've been recognized by the ABA Journal five years in a row for having one of the best blogs and podcasts for lawyers in the country. And it is my creative outlet. Some people paint. I'm a geek and I love the law because, hence being a lawyer, so it's my opportunity to talk about assumption of risk and wearing a red shirt or <laughs> being able to go to the movies and take notes and then go home and do issue spotting and write blog posts and collect toys that I then take pictures of in my light box for a blog I, posts. I can guarantee someone is getting laid tonight. <laughs> it's going to happen. So are, are, do you like do trials and things, or are you more of a litig uh, litigator? If I or talk you this way, a... would you pay more attention to me? I, <laughs> wonderful how you speak. I, I Good day it. to you, sir. Hello. So I focus on electronic discovery and the law. So that is emails and text messages. Uh, at the beginning of the 21st century, we really got into how to deal with this in litigation because we want to be able to collect it in a pristine manner and then be able to review it in a way that's efficient so you don't read 500 messages about 
uh, news alerts and just being able to do things in, a, in an efficient manner. Is this legit? Yeah. This, this, this is, is a real thing, yeah. 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 Uh, have you ever dealt with a homicide of two people saying, Twin Peaks sucked? No, it was great. You ever have a homicide? Uh, not like that, but uh, there have been... Um, I've worked on a couple criminal cases at the early part of my career. Spousal abuse? Uh, no, not that. I've worked on some divorce cases. I've worked mostly on <laughs> civil litigation. We have a winner. Bitter. Uh, <laughs> mostly civil litigator. Uh, business disputes, because uh, litigation you know, can be kind of depressing. Litigation is kind of gives you uh, kind of a hard-on, doesn't it? <laughs> no, because I, I don't like seeing the fighting. Uh, we want to, but that gets you off, doesn't it? I heard that's how you get off. No, it's not <laughs> litigation. No, like it back turns off, you Mark. on. To, Mark, I back can't off. wait to go back. into that courtroom <laughs> and turn their heads. That's a misconception about lawyers. We're not all rabid attack dogs that go through people with chainsaws. We're here to help people. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> Every day, something can blow your mind. Yeah, this was today. Now I'm curious. Speaking of Twin Peaks, yes. have you ever done a Legal Geeks episode? Because there's a lot of legal ramifications in, in that show. No, but I should double back. There are shows that I've picked from the 80s that I started watching. Like, for example, a few years ago, I watched all of Magnum P.I. and wrote a blog post on the renter's right issues from Magnum <laughs> P.I. from the- <laughs> Living in the guest house, <laughs> and so that's the type of thing that I you know. see. I love that, and and Josh does panels at Comic Con every year. I don't know if you guys ever go to Comic Con, but his panels are so much fun. They're so funny, and but yet you also learn a lot about the law because he has real. He has judges. He has other lawyers, and you also do some really fun things with your. You do these like uh, PowerPoint presentations, illustrating everything, and they're always you always use like an action figure or something from, you know, the film. But uh, it's it's a great podcast. I'm I, I'm a little I'm kind of a little nerding out on you right now. Is anybody <laughs> on this panel in contempt right now? No, because we're not in a judicial pr- proceeding. Do you have right. to have like disclaimer? The guy at the bar laughing. <laughs> do you have to do a disclaimer to make sure that no one takes? What you say and, and then goes and does something perhaps illegal or That's something? That's a good question. We do. We do. We do have disclaimers on the blog and on the podcast. Okay. Just in case anyone is thinking about... Taking you seriously. Yeah, going to Tatooine or anything like that. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> fictional characters. Yeah. In general, don't shoot first. Yeah. So I going think. back to the human centipede, how does that legally stand up? How can I sue Mike, Mark Bittman? How can I sue him? <laughs> I don't think there's a dilution issue with you because you're in different practice areas. So we have to be fictional. Do we need to yeah. sue the paper or him personally? No, I don't think we would do either. Okay. All right. Oh, it's pretty daily, rude. We could sue the Daily Planet because that's fictional. Well, why not? Because okay. it, that's the astounding thing about a comic book world with a successful newspaper still. <laughs> so, yeah, the, what, the last one. The bugle, is that still going? It is. Okay. So our audience here, uh, as you can see, we have a wide range of experiences. Do you have any questions about podcasting, comedy, or the law that uh, we can... Or we the can... tenderloin. Because <laughs> I can answer those. Any questions at all about their show? What was the last time you went to Mitchell Brothers? Because <laughs> I just got back in town, and that place is still gold. It really is. It hasn't Quality changed entertainment. Much. Anybody? Questions? No? They're wow. shy. What's it, Mitchell's Club, apparently? Mitchell's <laughs> Club? Wow. They're very, very familiar. There must be a, there's a new room that I'm not aware of. Mitchell's Club. Well, one of them got killed, so I, I guess it is Mitchell. Uh, one brother <laughs> shot the yeah, other brother. Mitchell brother. <laughs> uh, Marilyn Chambers I saw there once when I was uh, wow. 18. Okay. Does that yeah. answer your question, sir? <laughs> uh, I remember I went there once, and there was a shower. They had they had a shower show, and I thought, well, this is just you know, this is really just theater on the raw right here. Just a <laughs> girl taking a shower, and you know, you performance art. Yeah, whatever you you bring to it, whatever you want. <laughs> there's there's so- no, oh no, 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 no touch. No, I didn't have my no equity touching. card at the time, so well, I wasn't. 
Does the union will get on your ass. Remember that microphone for the shower? You could sing in the shower and they had a radio Mr. On microphone? It? No, 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 it was for the shower. Only. No, I thought that was the, the soap microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, well, it didn't work, really. Marilyn well, Chambers made it work. <laughs> Does anyone on the panel have questions for the audience? <laughs> yeah, what's your deal? How are you? This is, I, I want to ask, this is worth free, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or sh- are we expected to pay? That's all right. All right. All right. There we go. All right. Now we found the level. That's all I'm looking for. Car. All right. I, I just want a... you to get your money's worth. That's all. I do want their money eventually, though. <laughs> there, apparently, there is a, a question over here in the corner. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Who's going to crack down on selling pot? Uh, the president. The pre. Oh God. Well, you can't get it in San Francisco. You still need a card. Or a letter, and in Marin, but you, the closest one is Berkeley. I, I could see the feds cracking down some, because. Wait, wait. He says, wait, wait. You're saying that's untrue? Yeah, it's untrue. You don't need. A, <laughs> so you just need Wrong. a driver's license. Yeah, what dispensary is that, sir? Uh, it's on Ninth what are we Mission. doing here? You can go to the. You can just <laughs> walk right, into I'll the. All right, I'll run a bus. I heard that you still had to have a card. The magical no, no, mystery no. tour. Sausalito waiting. delivers too, man. Sausalito. Well, no, delivers. I know I have a delivery, but they still need a card. <laughs> or you can just walk right into the apothecary. Have you ever been to these dispensaries? They look like Wells Fargo banks. They have LCD screens. They have under glass all the pot, and the names of the pot are fun. I particularly like uh, Down Goes Frazier. That's a good one. <laughs> these uh, people are Down like Goes so Frazier. Yeah, there's a great uh, pot strand called uh, I Think Someone's Following Me. That's a good one. That's a, kind of a strong one. They say that the early harvest is the one that gets you paranoid, so you want to get the later harvest. Yeah? <laughs> what, what are you carrying right now? Because yeah. <laughs> Well, I left it at home, but I, I don't drive with it. But no. I remember, like, the first time I went in there, the sommelier said, well, young man, I was much younger, but he said, do you want to get stoned or do you want to get high? And I thought, well, that's a very interesting distinction. He said, do you want to just sit there on the couch with the remote going, bleh, 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 or do you think, you want to think, Oh, what a great idea. I have to write this down. So, I mean, he got me yeah. thinking about it in different ways. The, the pot sommelier is really your ticket to a better night's sleep. That's yes. A, that's, it's like Mr. Pillow. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Pillow. But you know what? That's an interesting uh, it, take on that because... What we, well, I just forgot what he said. Is there a strange... <laughs> nice to meet What's you, Mark. I've heard so much good about that you. That should be a strand name. Everybody loves you. I want the one where it's right in the middle, where you, you start thinking up a really great idea, oh, and then you just that's go, That's what I want to say. Yes. Have you ever written a joke on pot, and you still think it was funny when you tried it on stage? Uh, a couple of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. There are certain George jokes. George Carlin you, did. George Carlin did a lot, but my, I wrote a joke on pot, and no one laughed, but you could tell it was written on pot. I said, if Mother Nature married Father Time, I would give it two weeks. <laughs> But on pot, that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's a deep joke, though. It's deep. Ah, oh, shit. So do you guys... Because Every time we get on a roll. Because you guys are, are, are or have been podcasters, is there a favorite podcast you guys like to listen to? Because yeah. I've noticed... Monster Party. I do well, like Monster besides Party. Besides your own. Uh, and I've noticed... I've interviewed a, probably... 200 podcasters so far. Uh, I like Monster Party, and I like the Carson podcast about uh, Johnny Carson. There's oh. one called the Carson Podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I love the one. Dana Gould show. Same here. Uh, I listen to Myths and Legends, Lore. Uh, Spycast from the International Spy Museum is excellent. Uh, do people in the audience have podcasts you listen to? Are there anybody here tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Bob Sarlat, 19, <laughs> 1968. Anything? Any podcast? Nothing? No? No? All right. I, I'm, uh, I am currently single. I just went through a divorce. <laughs> you know, I remember the, probably the sweetest moment that I remember from Succotash. I think you were playing a clip of Mark Maron who was doing an interview with Jonathan Winters, and it was very late in his life, and I just remember how... Jonathan Winters, I mean, you're talking about some stars who are less than generous with their time, and Jonathan Winters was like, he maybe had a few days to go, but he was being 
so generous in saying, you know, keep looking, keep asking, keep laughing, keep asking those questions, keep diving into it. And I found him like dying and inspirational. And I thought, this is, this is good podcast. This is very, very good. Marin does have a very good podcast. I do like that one a lot. Was Marin late in life, or was it Jonathan? I can't. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't listen to Mark Marin. I was listening to Jonathan Winters. Yeah. He was just really, really Superman. Jonathan Winters left the Hungry Eye in North Beach. This is a very famous story. You should know it if you're San Franciscans. He went off the stage and he walked to the wharf and he climbed the mast of the Belclutha, oh, wow. which is the pirate ship that is still there. Oh, That's okay. Right. And he was taken away to a... Sanitarium. Sanitarium of sorts. Laughing Academy. Yes, there. Laughing Academy. No, I think it was because his, his wife had just left him. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. 20 years later, I'm interviewing him, and we're at Moose's Restaurant, which is no longer there, but the, the building is. It was an indoor-outdoor restaurant, and they opened it up for us. And there was a guy that walked by the street, saw Jonathan Winters, and said, Jonathan, the Belclutha is still there. And Jonathan looked at me and goes, they never forget. (laughs) (laughs) So his rep was intact. They never forget. They never forget. But he also put a towel around his arm and became our waiter for 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah, he would do an improvisation as our waiter. And he sat back down. He goes, I do that in lieu of medication. <laughs> now, I'm sure you've seen, uh, as a, a, a aficionado of movies, uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. The making of extras on that DVD are great because they always talk about Jonathan Winters and yeah. how you, know, you had this cast of some of the greatest comedians of the time. And Jonathan Winters was the one who would crack everybody else up. Yeah. And when there was downtime and they'd be sitting around in the trailer... Jonathan Winters would be there, and, and Mickey Rooney would go, okay, uh, okay, Sergeant, when are we going to take that hill? And that would be it. That all oh, he'd need, go and off, yeah. just go off for 20 minutes. My favorite on-the-set story was uh, Day of the Dolphin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With George C. Scott? George C. Yeah. Scott oh, yeah. had a reputation of being very... Uh, people were scared of George C. Scott. Especially dolphins. But Buck Henry wrote the uh, adaptation... And Buck Henry liked to play chess with George C. Scott. But George C. Scott had these two huge dogs. Mastiffs? Mastiffs. 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 Huge dogs. But again, everyone on on the crew was scared of George C. Scott. And the dogs were kind of unruly. He was trying to play chess. And George C. Scott goes... Sit down! And everybody in the crew just went, whoop. That's <laughs> <laughs> how so scared they were. <laughs> you know, I'm Mama, a, I read your book. <laughs> I have a go-to movie, thinking, which also leads to a good celebrity encounter. Go. Wrath of Khan. When oh, I yeah. Was, when I was 15, I was hospitalized and nearly died, and I would watch that every day, along with Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark. Well, my godmother wrote to Leonard Nimoy, and he sent me a get well card in the hospital. Wow. wow. Oh. In 2009, when Star Trek came out, you know, that movie, he was the keynote at a legal event I was at. Oh. So I was in line with the first 30 people to go up and talk to him with 900 people behind me. And I went up and shook his hand and said, sir, I just want to thank you. When I was a kid, I nearly died, and you sent me a get well card. I then started to move away because I didn't want to hold up the line behind me because the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. <laughs> And he stopped me, hand on my shoulder, full-on Vulcan nerve pinch, and I wasn't expecting that. And, yeah, and he said, I'm very glad you, I did that. He stopped me three times to ask me questions. Really? Uh, he was gracious, he was kind, sweet, and just an absolutely delightful human being. And the look in his eye was, you know, something I won't forget because it meant a lot when I was a kid. And then, and then Shatner said, you still alive? Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have that get well card? Yeah. Frank. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Oh. What was, why, why did you almost die? Uh, <laughs> That's what you think. We're on going a, up. It's a subtext <laughs> in this On a lighter thing, really, note. I mean, the yeah. man just said something. Why did, what, what happened? Crohn's disease. I had a ruptured bowel because I was misdiagnosed for five years and nearly died horribly. There you That's go. our show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're happy your well, pride, Bill? Come centipedes. on. <laughs> but I got better. So that's Actually, easy. you mispronounced. It was Khan's disease. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to make light no, of everything. No, I write. Yes. That's what we do. I have How a, many I people have a celebrity, are big fans? Of, I, I have a, a brush with, with celebrity with uh, Dabney Coleman. Oh, 
Go. Dabney Coleman. I was uh, out to dinner with... Uh, Tootsie, Buffalo Bill. A, yes. A, a woman I was going out with, and, and Dabney Coleman was at this dinner. Huh. And so we're having dinner, and it was in West, Westwood. And we get done with dinner, and there was a couple other people there, and Dabney takes me and this woman aside and says, hey, you guys want to come back to my place and play some pool? I said, okay. So we can't go back. Well, he keeps calling me Steve. My name is Mark, but he keeps calling me Steve. And I just go, all right, whatever. I'm and Steve. Finally, at the end of the night, we're saying goodbye. And he says, now, your name isn't really Steve, is it? I said, no, it isn't. It's Mark. So well, why didn't you ever correct me? I said, I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. No, I was right. And you were I've never right. seen him again since. Well, you're... Improv train, so you yes and. I jumped right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm Steve. Yeah. Let me be Steve. I was at the improv once, and the late, great uh, Harry Dean Stanton. By the way, if you haven't seen Lucky, see that movie. Uh, it's his last movie, and it's fantastic. And if he doesn't get an Oscar nomination for Lucky, they might as well just melt that Oscar into a soap dish, because that guy was brilliant and lucky. What a tribute to him, you know? I mean, that movie was and what a, a great, great way to last check movie. out. What a great way, way to check out. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But he's a great character actor, and he was in Wild at Heart. And I went to the bar at the Improv, and they had a jukebox. And when Harry Dean Stanton walked in, Wicked Game started playing, the Chris Isaac song they used in Wild at Heart. And he sits at the bar, I said, Harry, uh, I don't know you. Did you do it? They played the theme from Wild at Heart, or Wicked Game, when you walked in. Did you know that? And he looked at me very drunk and he goes, I was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my Harry Stan movie. All right. uh, did you see him when he came to town many years ago and he played at the old... Uh, oh, with his guitar? Yes, no, he no. did a little, little guitar thing at, no. at, at, at the old, old... But that Lucky is a great movie and it's directed by another character actor. John uh, Carol Lynch, oh, who was the, the guy in Zodiac they thought was the Zodiac killer, the uh, bald guy. Okay. Yeah. He directed it. Wow. Uh, I pissed off, really <laughs> pissed off, Christopher Reeve. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, yeah. And this is pre accident. Okay, I was going to ask. Nice, better. Yeah, no. <laughs> You don't but, want to do it after. That would oh, be very, yeah, very no, good. that would have been really, what did you really unfortunate. What did you do to piss them off? I was... You were uh, in line to get Michael York's autograph? <laughs> <laughs> Michael York had told him about me. <laughs> and so I was doing the Alex Bennett show. And he was the guest. And you ever have one of those moments where you go, I've got a great idea. And it's not. It's really not. <laughs> but your gut said it but was. But your gut said, this is going to be hilarious. Your instincts. So I thought, it'll be funny. When he shows up, I'll be in a Batman costume. <laughs> and when he oh, walks no. in, he'll be like, oh, there's my old foe. And we'll have a, some funny repartee. How'd that go? Not so well. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm thinking, yeah. right, just as you said that, I'm and thinking, that's not a fun. That's not a no, no, no. I, again, I think that was a lot, a of, lot of big mistakes in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And he, on, uh, that, on that note, we actually have to get, get out of here. But uh, I want to get you guys. Yeah, I, I paid for, can I pay for another half hour rental? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Josh, why don't you tell folks where they can find Legal Geeks? TheLegalGeeks.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at TheLegalGeeks. Uh, my book is going to be sold on Amazon.com. I think I'll make some money. My book is called Add to Cart. <laughs> and the funny. sequel, Proceed to Checkout. <laughs> Look Mark, forward on Amazon. Mark Pitta, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> for Return to Shopping. And Matt Weinhold. Uh, yeah, you can find Monster Party at, on Facebook, Monster Party TV, on uh, Twitter, Monster Party HQ. And on Instagram, Monster Party HQ. And we're also on Google Play and iTunes. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. And so, if you want to hear me really drunk, where I started, oh yeah. I started repeating stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. Matt didn't tell me. Oh, it was fantastic. That was, yeah. I heard that that was a good one. Yeah. So and let's that. have a hand for our guests, won't we? Matt Weinhold. Thank you. Mark Pitta. Josh Gilliland. As promised, it's time for our final cavalcade of gratitude, which is where we thank those folks that have taken the time to tweet, retweet, follow, like, heart, thumbs up, poke, or otherwise mention Succotash in their social media streams. Plus, I thank a number of folks who've been very supportive over the years that we've been doing the show. 
Love Handles Podcast, Jody B. Crazy, Raiders Lost Commentary, Keith Coogan, Friends Without Benefits, Jason Horton, Gratuitous Phil, Greek Lunacy, Christine Blackburn, Seven Days a Geek, Sup Doc, Rooftop Comedy, SF Sketch Fest, our old pal Rick Overton, Pinky Lovejoy Coogan, The Slant, Universal Monsters, George Buss, Phil Lairness, and Dean Hagland over at Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. BS Podcast Network, Monotone Bill, ZP International, Denef, Jeff Hewitt, Salty Language Podcast, K-Van, Podcast Booster Bot, Ed Wallach, that's right, Ed Wallach, over at Don't Quit Your Daycast, David Keckner, Random Chatterings, GIF of Assholes, Star Wars Minute, Jordan Brady, David the Producer, JP Gound, Kennedy Consulting, Piano Fight, Tribe Boost, Sunshine City, Kimberly K. Couples, The Naked Porch Podcast, Wayama Emanuel, Hunter Block, and now we drink, Jason Jabs McNamara, Dave Nelson, Nug Nargang, Illusionoid, Jeffrey Hyde, Superhero Speak, Charlie Miller, Crobama, Davian Dent, Royal and Doodle, Podcast Whore, Monica Homburg, Norman Trousers and River Zambezi of the Casa Mirth Soundcast, Rich Pender, Greg Proops, Dana Carvey, Mark Petta, Matt Weinhold, Gabriel Diani, Edda Devine, Cole Stratton, David Owen, Janet Varney, Frank Cronin, Dex Carvey, Tom Carvey, Hal Loveland, Mark Gagliardi, Wayne Fetterman, Kenny Durgis, Bill Haywatt, our amazing associate producer Tyson Sainer, the fantastic Joe Polino, and for her support in my doing this crazy thing the past seven years, my wife Deborah Hershaw. Bill Haywatt? Hello. You got us an outro to go here? Yeah. Hey, folks, you've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Mark Hershon. And we'd like to thank our guests, Matt Weinhold and Mark Pitta and everybody else who brought up here and brought to you by the new Me Too trousers from Henderson's Pants. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, and on the Laughable app. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sena. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durgis. I'm your loyal announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. And now, possibly forever, folks, this has been an amazing seven-year run, even though it had to kind of end here in this weird tenderloin <laughs> diving bar. There's some really nice artwork there. The, Good way to the go bartenders out. do some nice heavy pours, and everybody up here was very nice. This young lady who stepped up and told her story, and like, what a hell of a way to go. So, so re- thank you so much. The refund table. The right. refund table is there, and I just want to thank you all for coming, and Goodbye. How come, Mark? Mark, your microphone was the best one. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Uh, Mine looked like it came out of that movie Centipede.